0: Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you've stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and today's episode is reminding us that God appoints our portion. We're going to be working through together the doctrine of God's providence. And again, this is not an exhaustive podcast, and I'm going to have lots of links in the show notes for you to dig deeper into this doctrine on your own time. So God's providence at work in my life should be one of my greatest securities, knowing that there's nothing by chance or fate but that all is being worked in and through my life through a good god who knows me better than i know myself and he is continually working out all things for my good and his glory with the end purpose always being to mold me more and more into the image of jesus many times i forget about god's providence at work in my life i see what i would consider interruptions as an inconvenience and really these aren't interruptions but they're what the lord has appointed for me in that moment and my heart isn't always ready to respond with that sort of thinking in mind and it reveals my heart needs some pruning continually so we're going to chat about some you know about the big things that we deal with with god's providence in our life but for most days they can be simple things like a phone conversation that comes at a really inconvenient moment or an unexpected visitor or a child who just really needs our time and attention or maybe our husbands just need a listening ear. Maybe dinner even needs to be made and I need to set aside a, a, a project I'm working on like this podcast episode. I've had a lot of interruptions in putting this one together and it to t- This is the second time I'm recording it. I had some issues with the first time. So it is all by God's good providence because it's helped me to see his hand at work in my life amid my ordinary days. So whatever I'm doing in that moment isn't more important than what the Lord has placed before me. These aren't inconveniences or interruptions, but truly appointments They are divine appointments from the lord there are things that can be interruptions that aren't of primary importance so don't get me wrong here things like social media or not doing tasks that are set before me because we find ourselves maybe wasting time on things like social media or things that we're not prioritizing properly and i'm i'm not going to go here for this episode because The reality is we know when we're wasting time, we know when we're not taking care of our priorities, or we know when we're just being plain lazy, there are times to be still and to rest and time for those, those things like social media scrolling or what, you know, there's times, but what I'm sharing here, what I'm trying to get at is we usually know when we're procrastinating and putting things off that we should be doing. At least I do. So that's a whole other episode i'm not even going there but i wanted to kind of put that in there so let's come back god ordains our days and god appoints our portion and even as i'm saying that he can work through for good those moments those that we have wasted quote wasted time so all that's going to come together here so there's several verses that come to my mind when i think of god's providence so matthew chapter 10 verses 29 through 31 says are not two sparrows so sold for a penny and not one of them fall to the ground apart from your father but even the hairs of your head are numbered fear not therefore you are of more value than many sparrows or proverbs sixteen nine, which is really the one that came before me in putting this podcast together the heart of man plans his way but the lord establishes his steps or proverbs nineteen twenty one: many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the lord that will stand so as we look at those verses we can clearly see the doctrine of god's providence and i want to share a quote from you on the definition of god's providence from a site that i really appreciate it's called gotquestions.org and i'll link to this in the show notes it's they say on their site divine providence is the governance of god by which he with wisdom and love cares for and directs all things in the universe the doctrine of divine providence asserts that god is in complete control of all things he's sovereign over the universe as a whole that's from psalm 103 19 the physical world, Matthew 5.45, the affairs of the nations, Psalm 66.7, human destiny, Galatians 1.15, human successes and failures, Luke 152, and the protection of his people, Psalm 4.8. This doctrine stands in direct opposition to the idea that the universe is governed by chance or fate. And I want you to remember that. Our universe is not governed by chance or fate. A lot of times people use the word it's a God incidence everything is ordained by him all right so I do want to share a couple more definitions from a confessional and a confessional is just a formal statement of doctrinal belief and that it's it's taken from the scriptures it's taken from God's word and also I want to share a definition from a catechism and I want to give you a little insight into a catechism I'm taking this definition of the purpose of a catechism from John Piper it's from his um, it's from the beginning portion of a uh, catechism that Bethlehem Baptist their church must must use it's called the baptist confession or baptist catechism i should say and i'm going to link to that in the show notes but so he says a catechism which is from the english word catechize simply means to teach biblical truth in an orderly way He says in 1 Corinthians 14, 9, the Apostle Paul says, in the church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. And in Galatians 6, 6, he says, let him who is taught the word share all good things with him who teaches. Acts 18, 25 says that Apollos has been instructed in the way of the Lord. And John Piper goes on, he says, in each of these verses, the Greek word for instruct or teach is is kachi kachi, kachio i totally pronounced that wrong but you get it and from this word from this greek word we get our english word catechize so it simply means to teach biblical truth in an orderly way and generally he says this is done with questions and answers accompanied by biblical support and explanation so when you think that you can think many of you are probably familiar with the westminster catechism and it has a question and then it has an answer and in the answer on next to each point it will give the scriptures based on that all right so for, as you guys work through a solid catechism or confessional and there are many i'm not saying you're doing this i'm saying if you do i should restate that and there are many you need to determine which one your church would adhere to so you could ask your pastor or your elders and just check on that because there's the heidelberg and the belgic and the westminster and the London 1689 so there's a lot of different ones Um, as you do this you're going to learn the doctrines of the faith as you work through them and they are that really they are huge and great teaching tools for your children and in amidst that as you're teaching your children you're also learning sound doctrine so don't get freaked out when I use the word catechism that's all the definition is very simple it just means to teach so There's scripture reference references given with each doctrine shared from the confessional part I'm going to share and I'm not going to go through all the scripture references but I'll link to the confession the confessional in the show notes i'm finally getting to this part that i talked about earlier so i'm going to use two resources here with you one is going to be the london 1689 baptist confession i'm going to share their definition of providence then i'm also going to use the westminster shorter catechism so first i'm going to give you the definition of god's providence from the london 1689 baptist confession and again i'm going to link to these i'm using the modern english translation too it was a lot easier all right so they say god the good creator of all things, in his infinite power and wisdom, upholds, directs, arranges, and governs all creatures and things, from the greatest to the least, by his perfectly wise and holy providence to the purpose for which they were created. He governs according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and unchangeable counsel of his own will. His providence leads to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice infinite goodness and mercy and it continues it says all things come to pass unchangeably and certainly in relation to the foreknowledge and decree of god who is the first cause thus nothing happens to anyone by chance or outside of god's providence i want us to hold that truth there and then they continue yet by the same providence god arranges all things to occur according to the nature of second causes either necessarily freely in response to other causes all right i didn't go through the whole portion on providence there but i'll link to the source and it would be great if you want to go through it and study it and look up the scripture references given and then our last one here from the westminster shorter catechism so this is a question and answer one so the question is what are god's works of providence and the answer is god's works of providence are his most holy wise and powerful, preserving and governing all his creatures and all their actions. So I want to read you a couple verses from the Westminster shorter catechism that they give for reference. And I'm going to link to this too, so I won't go through all of them. Like they give us to read Job chapters 38 to 41. And they also give us the Matthew verse I read earlier, Matthew 10, 29 to 30. But so they give us Psalm 145, 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Hebrews 1, 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Psalm 113, 19 says, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens as his, and his kingdom ruleth over all so as we just read those definitions we can determine it's pretty clear in god's word that god controls everything nothing is outside of his control from all the affairs of the nations the entire physical world every aspect of our lives from the day of our birth to our lot in life to the day of our death and psalm 139 16 reminds us your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me One is yet there was none of them. So as John Flavel says in his book, The Mystery of Providence, he says, our creator drew us before we even were. There's so much to grasp here, friends, from the family that we're born into, all the circumstances of our lives. God's providence is over our successes and our failures, over things that seem accidental or insignificant. They're not, right? Because there's no such thing as chance or fate even the weather. All right, we're kind of getting the idea here, right? (laughs) I do want to be clear, though. As we see that the Lord is in control of all things, he is not responsible for our sin, nor does he cause us to sin. The Bible has a lot to say about God's providence when people are about to sin. Sometimes God keeps them from sinning. At times, God allows them to sin, god has overruled sin for the good and god also determines the boundaries and the effects that the sin will cause so a really handy reference site for me was blue letter bible i just i love it for everything but they had some really helpful insights on this particular aspect of that god is not responsible for our sin and he doesn't cause us to sin so i want to read i'm going to read through these verses they had and i'm going to link to this in the show notes but this is really important to grasp because sometimes it's hard for our minds to understand this between our responsibility and god's responsibility so sometimes the lord intervenes to keep the person from sinning so think about abraham in genesis 20 verse 6 it said then god said to him in the dream yes i know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this and I also kept you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. And then we also read in Genesis thirty-one twenty-four: God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream of the night and said to him, Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob, either good or bad. The psalmist acknowledged God's ability to do this too. Psalm 19, 13 says, keep your servant also from willful sins may not may they not rule over me then i will be blameless innocent of transgression the lord has intervened to keep israel from sin hosea 2 6 says therefore i will block her path with thorn bushes i will wall her in so that she cannot find her way god allows others to sin other times god does not intervene and allows the person to sin In 2 Chronicles 32-31, where he's referring to King Hezekiah, it says, But when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. There are times when God overrules evil with good. Genesis 50-20, one that we all know. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. God determines the boundaries and the effects of sin. In Job 1.12, it says in other cases, God determines the boundaries and the effects that the sin will cause. I just repeated that twice and I'm really sorry it is really a rough day for me guys so I am so sorry and let me read Job 112 to you because that would make more sense so the Lord (laughs) then the Lord said to Satan behold all that he has is in your power only do not put forth your hand on him so Satan departed from the presence of the Lord and the psalmist wrote in Psalm 124 2 through 3 Had it not been the Lord who was on our side when the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. All right, I'm going to link to that page in the notes because as much as I read that, it would be good for you to look at it and to sit and look at it if this is an area you want to get some clarity on so one of the verses that i mentioned above of god overruling evil for good is a story we are all familiar with in the bible of joseph when we think of god's providence the story of joseph always seems to come to our minds right so just quickly let me just give a quick recap so joseph was placed in a family in his, in the family he was by the providence of god right he was favored by his father jacob given that lovely beautiful coat um he had a dream that his family was the weeds was bowing down to him. remember that lovely dream he had and he felt he should share that with his whole family even the part of bowing down sure didn't seem like a good idea at the time um after he did that his brothers really hated him they planned to kill him but that did that fell through right he ended up being sold into slavery he gets to egypt he finds favor with potiphar and he's put in charge of potiphar's whole household but then there's some of those issues with potiphar's wife and he ends up in prison and there's a lot of neat things that go on there by god's good providence and he eventually gets brought before pharaoh to interpret pharaoh's dream in which genesis 41:40 states you shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command only as regards the throne will i be greater than you so we know kind of the end of the story here that the reality is his brothers do come to see joseph they do end up bowing before him right and because of joseph many lives are saved so let me read genesis fifty twenty again as for you you meant evil against me but god meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today so in joseph's life there was good and there was bad. There was wicked done against him, and God used that for good. Job 2.10 tells us, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? You know, we don't see the full picture. There's always going to be things we don't understand, and I've used this before, but I think of the tapestry example. We we see the you know, the underside with the mess and all the stuff going on, we don't see the beautiful front of it yet, the finished work. And the reality is, we may never fully understand all the situations in our lives while we're here on this earth. And I don't even know what happens in heaven, if we'll get a full grasp or understanding. We may, but we may not. I don't know that. And the reality is, for me, I know most days, I don't really have a clue. I mean, I know God is molding and changing me more into the likeness of Christ, but I don't always see what is all being worked out in every little detail and every little purpose. Alistair Begg had a saying, and I heard this, and it was so good. He said, I don't know, but I know God knows. And that's the end quote there. And I think about that, that that really needs to be enough. I don't have to know. God knows. So, William Cowper, who lived a bit ago, and I'm sure I botched his name. I should have looked that up before I said his name. I've heard it said, and I don't think that's how it's said, but his last name is spelled C O W P E R. He lived in the 1700s. He's a well known English poet and hymn writer. And William led a really emotionally troubled life. And he suffered from really great bouts of depression. And they actually, some of them resulted in multiple suicide attempts. This was a troubled soul. He lived in a town called Olney, it's O-L-N-E-Y, where John Newton was a pastor. And we know John Newton, think the Amazing Grace Hymn. I also think of William Wilberforce and that season of abolishing slavery in England. Again, all under God's good providential timing there, right? So William collaborated on a collection of original hymns with John Newton that they titled the Olney Hymns. And the one I'm going to share with you today, and don't panic, I'm not going to sing. That would be a nightmare for you. You would be done with me. So I'm not singing because I love you all. But William Culper composed this particular hymn. Um, it It was believed either just before or after an attempt at suicide by drowning. So the theme of this famous hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way, has God's providence throughout the hymn. I'm going to read you the stanzas and then I'm going to link to um, an article by Tim Challies where he went over the background with this hymn and he has the hymn there. And then I'm going to link to a, a YouTube version that you can listen to it if you want to, too, in the show notes. So, God moves in a mysterious way. So, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take, the clouds ye so much dread, are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. God's sovereignty is just throughout that hymn, friend. Two verses that we tend to think of when reading it are Romans 8.28, which it's one of my favorites and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose and romans 11 oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of god how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways so leland reichen has a helpful little book about hymns, and it's titled 40 Favorite Hymns on the Christian Life. And he shared a metaphor on the line from God Moves in a Mysterious Way, and that's, I think it was the fifth stanza, I'm not sure, but it was the line where it said, the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. The metaphor he shared was of bad events in our lives being bitter buds that need to ripen before they taste good. So think about this. Are there areas now in your life or that were in your life that you can look back and you could see God's hand at work turning that bitter into sweet? I mean, I personally can look back and see moments of affliction or difficulty or hard seasons. And now being on the other side, I can see God's hand at work to change and mold me in those circumstances. He has He has really grown me. I mean, some are ones that I can look back on and even see how the Lord was revealing himself to me before I came to faith in Christ. Some circumstances, I don't see yet. Yet, I'm going to keep that yet. And it's what I said earlier. I don't have a clue. And again, at least not at this time and and maybe never in this life while I'm alive. But as I'm saying this, i know some of you are dealing with really hard things whether it's children or marriages or relationships or finances i don't know what it all is but hold fast to the truths that you know in god's word As his child as someone who has come to him in repentance and faith in christ alone for salvation you are now his you are his beloved daughter he is your loving heavenly father who cares about every detail of your life He loves you more than anyone else on this earth could ever love you. His love for you is perfect. There is nothing you are going through that is outside of his plan for you. God's sovereignty and his goodness are the two foundations that ground me in my walk with him. I know he will never leave me or forsake me. I know he's in control of all things and I know he's working all things for my good because he is good. Take the time to memorize and meditate on verses of God's providence that are going to be a real help to you in those moments when doubts arise or you find yourself doubting God's goodness and his sovereignty. We need to constantly battle unbelief in our lives. The moment unbelief creeps in, we find ourselves dealing with kind of the questions Eve did in the garden, like did God really say or is God really good? We question his goodness There's continually moments. These are, I should say, these are. Every day of our life is a battle, right? The world, the flesh, and the devil. We are in a battle, and we need to be ready to do battle. The hope is that we're prepared for it, right? Because the enemy is there. We want to have in our arsenal the weapons needed to fight the world, the flesh, and the devil ahead of time, and not when we find ourselves in the middle of it and in chaos already. You want to be ready to fight when that first thought is even just starting to surface in our minds i i always feel that i need to put this statement in a podcast so when i'm saying this when i'm talking about hard things in our lives listen to me lady my friends if you are in a dangerous situation in your home get in a safe place and get help you are not to stay in an abusive situation that's not what i'm talking about here you need help with that so let's look on the flip side of hard things what about good things What about our successes and the things that we deem good in our lives? These, too, are part of God's providence. And because we know it is his mighty hand allowing and bringing about any things that we would deem good, it should humble us knowing that he has ordained them. It's nothing we've done but his work in and through us. It leaves no room for pride. It leaves room to give thanks and to respond before him with humble hearts of gratitude, giving him All the glory and all the honor i picked up a devotional book because i'm i'm a elizabeth elliott junkie and i don't always get to listen to all of them but a lot of weeks i listen to um her on the i'm gonna get it wrong bbn on the bible broadcasting network and she shared this in one of her devotionals. It was from a devotional book written in the 1800s called Daily Strength for Daily Needs by Mary Wilder Tilestone. She just shared this book. I don't even remember what the particular passage I'm sharing. I'm not sure that this is what she shared, but this book I picked up and I've really enjoyed it. So I want to share you from that book, Daily Strength for Daily Needs, January 14th reading. And it reminds us, it's titled, God Appoints Our Portion Day by Day. And it starts off with Second Samuel 1515 15, where it says thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint and the this is a devotion this is a little poem by somebody na- named a.l Waring. it starts it says i love to think that god appoints my portion day by day events of life are in his hand and i would only say appoint them in thine own good time and in thine own best way so i want to read one more part from this devotional and it is from Frances ridley havergal and she was an english poet and hymn writer and she wrote the hymn take my life and let it be so you're familiar with her so again this is still from the january 14th excerpt from daily strength for daily needs so let me read francis ridley havergal's portion here she said if we are really and always and equally ready to do whatsoever the king appoints all the trials and vexations arising from any change in his appointments great or small simply do not exist if he appoints me to work there shall i lament that i'm not to work here if he appoints me to wait indoors today am i to be annoyed because i am not to work out of doors if i meant to write his messages this morning Shall I grumble because he sends interrupting visitors, rich or poor, to whom I am to speak them or show kindness for his sake, or at least obey his command to be courteous? If all my members are really at his disposal, why should I put out if today's appointment is some simple work for my hands or errands for my feet, instead of some seemingly more important doing of our head or tongue? End quote there. So friends, the circumstances the Lord allows in my life are going to be totally different than the ones he allows in yours. We're all different and we all respond to situations differently. But I do know that in each of our lives, the purpose of these circumstances is him knowing what is needed in each of our lives to mold us more into Christ's likeness and it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. So don't ever compare your life to somebody else's. Don't lose sight of that truth in the midst of our ordinary days. And my husband said something the other day in our Sunday school class, and may we remember this too. I like to use the word mundane or ordinary because in my mind, it describes most of the moments of my day. But if I'm reminded the Lord is working all things for my good and his glory, even what I consider mundane or ordinary... Then it turns every chore or task into a moment of worship. I should be desiring, as it states in 1 Corinthians 10 31, to do all things for the glory of God. All things is pretty clear. It's all things. So that was a good reminder from my husband. So let me close with a quote from C.S. Lewis. And then I do have a resource to share with you today. So hang tight with me and a quote from that resource that I think will be a blessing to you today. So C.S. Lewis said, The great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life, the life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. Good reminder there. So Jesus is enough always, my friend. And I want to thank you so much for your time today. The show notes, again, have some good resources on the providence of God. So take some time to work through them if you want to dig a little bit deeper on your own. And always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or leave a quick rating or review wherever you listen. in. I would so appreciate that. I am so thankful for all you ladies who have done that. So my resource for this podcast episode to share with you is Thomas Watson's book called All Things for Good. And in his, this particular book, he's taking us through Romans 8.28. Tim Challies was reading through it on his blog, and he has some posts on it, so I'll, I'll link to that too. It's not a long book, but a book packed with so many nuggets of truth that I feel like I highlighted half of it on my Kindle. So I shared a few quotes from it in my Instagram stories, and I'll probably... I probably continue to yet cuz I'm I'm still I'm a little over halfway through it but I'm kind of thankful I grabbed it on Kindle to do that I sort of like that little feature to do that. So let me leave you today with a quote from All Things for Good by Thomas Watson. He says, "God is a faithful physician and therefore therefore will turn all to the best. If God does not give you that which you like, he will give you that which you need." A physician does not so much study to please the taste of the patient as to cure his disease. We complain that very sore trials lie upon us. Let us remember God is our physician. Therefore, he labors rather to heal us than to humor us. God's dealings with his children, though they are sharp, yet they are safe. And in order to cure, that he might do, do the good in the latter end. That's Deuteronomy eight sixteen. End quote there. So my dear friends, I pray you all have a very blessed week.